0: the most annoying sound you've ever heard
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah where were the Jimmy Neutron references in this movie
0: Book is Better podcast. We are a clean podcast featuring a family of four reviewing book to film adaptations. And today we are reviewing what is, spoiler alert, one of my favorite books and its adapted film, Ready Player One. Uh, spoiler alert, there will be major Plot spoiling spoilers throughout this entire episode of Ready Player One, uh, and maybe book and movie. Ready Player Two for the book and the movie. Yes. So if you haven't read the book or the movie or watched the movie, and would like to do those things before listening, you know, go ahead and pause because we'll definitely
1: spoil it.
0: So the book and movie we get spoilers started,
1: are definitely different from one another.
0: You know, you will find out they're very different. Um, Okay, so let's introduce ourselves. And we like to answer a little fun fact about who we are before we get deep into all of this. And so today's fun fact, what is your favorite game, whether it's like a video game or a board game? So I'll go first. I'm Rebecca. I'm the daughter slash sister of the family. And I am a big board game nerd of video games too. I'm kind of just a nerd on all sides. So anything like Mario, I'm always into that video game type of thing. But I think right now my favorite game is probably the board game Wingspan. Um, mm. I find myself like constantly wanting to go back and play it and play it and play it. And that is usually how I know that something is like really like captured my attention
1: wow well i am josiah and i love games too tabletop and video alike my favorite video game is hollow knight i learned to love the difficulty and none of you know what that means but (laughs) hopefully (laughs) at least one listener will understand but i i keep coming back to puns of anarchy the kind oh, of I card, do like that. tabletop game, you make your own puns and jokes out of existing pop culture, which I think is especially relevant to Ready Player One.
2: Well, my name's Tim, and I am the dad slash husband, or yeah, I did that backwards, and Donna doesn't like that, but um, I am not a big game player. Um, I play games to be part of the group. Uh, so I don't have a whole lot of things that, that I would play regularly. I like telestrations because I like to see the funny, funny words that you end up with from the strange drawings that people draw. Um, and I like playing nines, which is an easy game to play and still have a conversation. But if I'm playing something by myself, Mm -hmm. um, I do play Angry Birds, a lot of different iterations of it. And, you know, for a week or so, I might play it a lot and then I won't play it for, you know, months. I was going through my phone just recently to see if I wanted to to take things off of my phone and I considered taking off several of the games that I haven't played for months and some of the Angry Birds were there as well. So, that's me.
3: Well, I'm Donna. I'm the wife and mom mm-hmm. of this group and I don't know why I went last, probably because I knew everybody's going to judge me, but I'm obsessive mm-hmm. about Things. So when I find games that I like, I will play them and live to be playing, playing them on my phone. <laughs> so on my phone, the games that are loaded are uh, simple Mahjong, Bubble Pop. Oh my God, I'm my mother. Um, and <laughs> you Mahjong, are, but Mahjong, go on. Bubble Pop, Spider Solitaire, and Royal. Um,
0: Royal Crush. Roy- is that what it's called? Royal. No, Royal. Oh my gosh, it's on my phone too. What is I it? I
3: play it every day.
1: Grandma's Gardens. Shut so oh,
3: my- <laughs> up. That's what Christian calls it. Royal Match. Royal Match. And
1: well, that's a lot
2: worse than Royal Crush. Let you play say- the game so that you can win things, so that you can decorate yeah. the king's house.
0: So let me just say <laughs> that. <laughs> it's
2: just totally
0: fun and not at all a waste of time. As someone else who has played this game for so many hours, it's embarrassing.
2: Ready Player One follows Wade Watts, a young man living in the 2040s. He seeks a video game Easter egg that's hidden in the massive VR universe of the Oasis. It will award him total control of that simulation that has become the obsession of the entire world. Um, Mm -hmm. The egg was hidden by one of the Oasis creators, James Halliday. Uh, and requires the winner to complete a series of challenges uh, to prove their worthiness. As Wade looks for the clues, he and his friends band together to defeat the evil uh, multinational corporation IOI, trying to win the contest for the egg before before IOI gains control of the Oasis and make it a miserable world in which to live. So that's a really short synopsis that covers both of them, and they're Lots of major changes between the two that we'll talk about here.
0: Well, let's get into... Some major differences, like you said, we like to divide these up into three buckets. We've got some characterization differences, um, plot and timeline differences, and then settings. So that's the order we're going to do them in day. And so let's start. Honestly, there's like several little characterization changes about other people. But the very, very obvious one that I wanted to talk about was Wade. Um, They definitely changed Wade a lot, um, mm-hmm. and not all of which is a bad thing, uh, so in the book, Wade is like he's so angry, I remember listening to the audio book again this time. And just being reminded of how angry he was at the world. So he goes on, gosh, a chapter long rant about the state of the world and how there's climate change. And it's like the previous generation's fault and there's wars and God is dead. And he's like very like vocally atheist. And he talks about how evil capitalism is. And like it it really just. It's not that I haven't heard those arguments before, but I think that it's almost like Ernest Cline was trying to paint Wade as like this very, very angry young man and kind of start out that way, which I thought was very different. In the movie, he's like so, honestly, he's mild-mannered and polite.
2: He almost doesn't seem to recognize any of those kinds of things, except that IOI is a multinational corporation, and it would be terrible if they got control of the Oasis. All of those other concerns that the book brings mm-hmm. up, he never even seems to pay any attention to those things.
1: I did not like Wade at the start of the book. Oh. Even just the ways that he was saying these things, whether or not I, they resonate with me, they was so cynical and depressing, mm-hmm. and there was no hope in it. It was completely yeah. hopeless. There was also a, an air of arrogance
2: in in that because he made several statements. well, obviously everybody knows this. everybody realizes this. this mm-hmm. is a, this is truth and a lot of those things are not truth, they're opinion. So yeah, he was not the most likable person at the beginning.
0: It's also very everything he was saying was like it's the furthest like victim mindset of the things that he was thinking about, um, and I say that partly because at the end of this episode, I would actually love to tell you guys about Ready Player Two because I did I did end up listening to the audiobook for that, and that is actually a theme that crops up that is a major theme of Ready Player Two is that unlike Artemis. He really does see himself as the victim of other people's, you know, wrongdoings. And he doesn't have an internal locus of control. Mm -hmm. Artemis does. And so when she becomes a billionaire, like, she wants to do something to improve the world. And anyway, I thought that that was really interesting. That was definitely not the only change, though,
2: to Wade. Oh, no. No. Uh, In the book, Wade's mother had died when he was 11 from taking a bad dose of drugs. Uh, His father died uh, when Wade was a small child, um, shooting yeah. up at a gas station, or he was shot. Excuse me. I was thinking. I th- was thinking both of them died from no, drugs. No, his his the mom died of a died drug
0: overdose while looting,
2: mm-hmm. and, and then the the dad was shot by a police officer. Over. Right. Okay.
0: In the movie, I don't know that they mention how just the parents died. Yeah, he lives his with his parents hand. are dead. Right. Which yeah. I understand simplifying. You know, some of those sure. things down.
1: Wade's avatar in the Oasis looked very much like himself in the book, with the exception of removing acne and improving his appearance slightly. The avatar in the film, however, looks like a totally different person. I think this makes sense from a visual medium. I'm kind of surprised they changed it as much as they did, but I think it was still very clear, and I think it speaks to something in us all that... We often like to change a lot of what we look like for our online avatars.
3: He also is described as heavyweight, heavy mm-hmm. set, or
1: as heavy in the book. Heavyweight champion.
3: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but the film appearance in the in the movie, he's an average size. He's not a skinny kid, but, but he's not an overweight kid. And I, I think that was fine when he moved into an apartment. One of the things he did, you remember he... Had like a daily exercise regimen, and it said he actually got in shape, and and which, but that's not until
0: whatever that was after they he discovered didn't. the second key. Oh, mm-hmm. sure,
3: it was later on, and I was glad they did that in the book, in the movie. I mean, the the way they changed things up wouldn't have been there wouldn't have been a really good place to represent something like that anyway. So it's, it's okay they didn't put it in. But and the the other part about him, uh, his he's wearing just default clothing in the book he just and part of that is he makes uh, part of that is he makes a big deal about the fact they're poor they're just mm-hmm. they're incredibly poor he has
1: nothing unendingly
3: yeah, un, yes and the only reason i didn't just totally fully hate him in the book was i kept remembering the state of his life Just thinking, you know, it felt like it kind of justified how angry he was and like it was still frustrating. I will I agree with Josiah. It was very frustrating to read it. And when Tim first listened to it, we would talk at the house and he was like, Uh, does this get better?
0: (laughs) It does. It does. I almost stopped reading the first time I heard that part.
2: Yeah. I think I think the make the producers of the movie did make a nod to some of those things about Wade because the actor that played him is not a particularly, you know, perfect looking kind of guy. He is a little, uh, he's not high cheekbones with, you know, the, the chiseled look. He is a little soft looking. Kind of a normal dude. Yeah. Yeah. He does. Very normal. Much more normal. So I thought that was probably, probably purposeful to kind of mm-hmm. take all of those things from the book and just say, okay, he's, he's just, of normal, So even though his avatar
1: looks cool and trim and and all of that, he's just normal. I think that the movie makers wanted to make Wade into an everyman by mm. making him a blank slate, whereas the right. author of the book, I do think, wanted to make him an everyman in a way that he expressed views and thought about the world in a way that the author thought most people think about the world, even if he he, found it um, relatable. Yeah. And it, and it just wasn't relatable in the book to me. And I think that can relate to Wade in the book. Then I would, I would encourage you to have more hope in humanity.
0: Indeed. Um, other, like the other things I noticed about his poverty was that like that stuck out were he couldn't even leave Ludus. Like that was a huge mm-hmm. plot point mm-hmm. was that he couldn't leave. Which his, is a the planet. planet. Yeah. He could always get to the school it's planet the because that's planet. where he went to public school. And so there was this, like there was a lot of conflict around the fact that he really wanted to be a gunter, but he'd made the mistake of like asking people for rides and he hated asking for money because he doesn't clan and, uh, you know, and all of that stuff. But what ended up, you know, occurring was that they discover Halliday's actually, you know, wants to have a student or at least someone who wouldn't have had to have a lot of money in in the first place be able to find the key so it ends up coming um back around so and there were do we just want to kind of do a lightning round of these few little other character changes that
2: we noted
1: sure, sure. i mean IROC was one of the biggest character changes from book to movie i know there were a lot of big changes
2: yeah he he comes off um in the movie he seems to be a hired gun he's a henchman uh Such but in the book he's actually just oh a, yeah one of those he's just one of those high school students who thinks he knows everything thinks he's a great gunter and all that but he's not really um and you know h and uh wade actually and parzival they actually know him and yeah. they know where he's from and they talk to him and things like that so, but in the movie he's uh, much darker, much more separated from all of that. that was I always
0: remember the way that uh, Will Wheaton pronounces uh, the word poser, because uh, Wade talks about how I Rock is a poser, and he always says it poseur. really funny. I don't know why, but that always has stuck out to me.
1: Yes, as the
2: original French. It's it's wonderful when you get a really good uh, audiobook reader. Sometimes mm-hmm. we've we've been listening to books that the reader is okay, but not great. I thought Will Wheaton uh, is a really good audiobook reader.
0: Yeah. I think a really good. Do you mean where the reader makes tons of grammatical errors because it's AI <laughs> and confused? Uh, <laughs>
1: That's the Rebecca one. Yeah. Yeah. In the movie, there is an additional group of Gunters, of, of Halliday experts who are working for IOI. It's, it's implied in the book, it's not really addressed directly or seen. Wade predicts that there are people who are actually knowledgeable about Halliday in Sorrento's ear, in the Sixers' ears, but it's right. never actually seen or directly confirmed. But in the movie, you keep cutting back to these Halliday experts. There there's a, there are a couple who are kind of secondary characters who have a little bit yeah. of character arcs, yeah. in fact. Yeah.
2: I love they, they look like those geeks who know all of the things about all of those, you know, trivial things that nobody one of the, else would know.
0: <laughs> one of the funniest parts I think of those people were that and I kind of loved this because, you know, Parzival had mentioned in the book about how he knew there were these people working for IOI and he actually kind of gave them a little bit of credit at one point to say like, I I think he said something about like, I kind of get why you would like take the money and help IOI because honestly it's hard to be poor. And so I kind of liked the fact that they added those people in. And then at the end of the book, or sorry, at the end of the movie, that group of people is actually really excited even though IOI is, losing they're just excited mm-hmm. because they got to see the egg and like that was what they wanted the whole time right
1: right
3: also another change that I, I i definitely like the book better on this um Halliday met kira took her on a date as an adult the month before the oasis was launched that's how the film praise it that all had said it all happened just before and as he was as he was creating and, and everything creating the OA, but in the book they this happened in high school and it talked about you know it made a huge deal about Halliday's awkwardness, his social awkwardness with anybody. I think probably my my greatest issue as far as the book and film differences, and we've already said a few times there's a lot of them. They did a lot of difference. and I liked the movie. One of one of the things that I missed in the movie, and I think they did it for time and to keep it younger. But I, I loved seeing that the the development of who Halliday was
0: mm-hmm. in the book. I think you guys are going to be really interested to hear uh, about Ready Player they, Two.
3: They covered it. I mean, it, it's in the movie. That it's not that they just completely overlook it. But I love how all through the book, the things that Halliday went through—awkward, genius, honestly, technical—or or, or Pecky genius, whatever you want to call him. I just, I really loved how they, how they developed him. That that was probably my biggest
0: miss. They definitely changed. I mean, they changed a lot uh, about the relationship between Halliday and Kira, but I think one of the misses there was partly that if you've read the book, Kira is like an exchange student from the UK. She um, is staying with a family in the town where um, Halliday and Og live and like Og falls in love with her. And like, there's this whole thing about the moment actually that might be ready player too. There's like a moment where like Halliday sees Og asking her out or something. Anyway, they, there was this like really sweet like teenage romance thing and it just felt really weird to me to try to make it something that had like happened to them as adults and they just randomly like had gone on a date. Like that was weird to me. So speaking of relationships, um, one of the things that bothered me that was a very small thing as well um, was Artemis. So obviously Artemis and Wade kind of have like a romance in the book. They don't really have like a romantic relationship until, like they like each other or they talk a lot, but they don't have like a physically romantic relationship until they meet like at the end. I don't even know if you see any of that. Look, I know it's discussed in, in ready player two in the movie, they have this like little, you know, they've got this relationship going on and it bugs me so much that they added kind of a sensual scene in the distracted globe and like Artemis made sexual jokes. Mm -hmm. And like, there was this whole thing Uh with Wade's like outfit that he had on that like a fully immersive you know you can feel everything it really was yeah. it was not in character and it wasn't in character yeah. for her movie version either like i felt like it was very yeah. out of place so that was a change that i was not a big fan of i
3: i loved how their romance developed through the book yeah and the way it they established she established <gasps> the fact that she couldn't date she just didn't want to date right now she wanted to be right but then she would they did talk and I loved how he just described talking to her and you could, it, it was very well fleshed out in the writing to, to see this relationship grow. Yeah. And I really loved that. And so I, I agree with you about that change in the, it didn't have to go there. It didn't end up with anything. It didn't end up going anywhere yeah. farther. All so. of the
2: relationships in the book were very different though. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There were times when they, when they didn't want to team up, but in the movie they did team up um, there were, you know, they didn't, they didn't know these people. And, and, you know, there was a lot of changes in those relationships. Yeah. One of the, one of the changes was, um, in the movie, H has a workshop and there's a whole plot around that and he's a mechanic and things like that. But, um, in the book, you don't, you don't get that. He has a he has a chat room that is a literal, well, literal in the Oasis <laughs> room that he's created that's supposed to be super safe. And they can go in there and they can talk and all of that. Uh, but the whole plot that's related to him being a mechanic and, and his workshop <laughs> and stuff like that, that's for the movie only. Right, And the what they did with Daito and Shoto as well.
0: Yeah, there's a lot that's different about when people meet and who's where and all of that stuff. Um, Wade yeah. and H. already knew about Daito and Shoto in the opening movie scene. So it's like introduced that they're familiar with each other, maybe haven't met in person. But in the book they meet way later, it's like all leading up to the final battle. Um, he learns about who they are after they gain the uh, copper key and become part of what, becomes known as the high five. Um, And then in the movie, Wade sees Artemis at the race at the beginning. He does meet Artemis at the end of him uh, retrieving the copper key. So it's around the same time in the plot, but in a completely different way because that Mm -hmm. was all totally
1: different. So for those of you who have seen the movie but not read the book, the keys are completely different from book to film. And there are also gates which effectively serve as three more challenges they they say there's three keys three gates but it is it's six challenges in the book right. so let's let's go through as as quickly as we can but with the detail it deserves also
0: i will say before we get into all of the keys and gates and exactly what they are in the book they kind of jump right in there was somebody who'd found the first poem or They call it a specific limerick or something like that. Um, And then they kind of don't talk about that anymore. In the movie, there was someone who found the first clue and discovered the race. And then they just kind Mm
1: -hmm. of...
0: That's how they kind of pop all of this stuff in the first place.
1: Uh, And they don't make a big deal about it or anything. Yeah it's just oh somebody found the clue and so we race every day there's something to be said in the movie for the race just already happening all the time and wade artemis h having nothing to do with the f- with finding the clue concerning the race and jumping into the action i think that as an audience member it makes it it does make it feel more realistic like it's not just these five people who keep winning things at the game like there're millions of people trying to find these things out. So it, I think it speaks to some of the logic that the movie is bringing into it. We we are jumping into a lived-in world, but at the same time, my suspension of disbelief, as much as it's there for someone else, not in the movie, having found the clue, there's a race that happens all the time. Really, no one has cheated their way over King Kong. No one has like put a jet pack on their car to try and get over king kong or something it seems like a very weird uh ray it just feels like a very weird way to get the copper key whereas yeah. in the book all of the keys as you'll see and gates really have to do with 80s pop culture
0: and you also have to like get to know Halliday, and like his whole goal was to get you to be interested in the things that he found fascinating and that he loved in the movie, it just kind of felt like these are just random things about all pop culture, like for a long time, you know, it felt really specific in the book. So mom, can you walk us through what the movie used as the three keys to get the egg?
3: Certainly. In the movie, like the book, they were Copper jade, and Crystal, which they kept that that's fine. Um, the copper key was won by winning the first challenge, which was a race through New York City to Central Park. Anorak In the movie. gives a key to Pars gives the key to Parseval and then the clue to the second challenge appears from a nearby hydrant. So that's copper key.
0: Then oh, and the explain jade- the backwards thing cuz that was the important thing for him being able to actually win the race
3: right in the movie that uh, well i say in the movie this isn't in the book <laughs> people are running this race every day like guides of people wait every day get in line and they they have they just run race after race after race and nobody's nobody's making it they get to the end right. and what is it like a gorilla or something that it's comes king out kong, i think king kong and decimates somebody and so at some point, something clicks in Wade's head about a clue, about something he's read or studied, because he, I mean, he is a holiday genius, let's be real, um, mm-hmm. that he needs to do this backwards. He needs to turn it. And so, without warning to anybody, he gets up to this certain place and flips his car around backwards and drives the rest of the race. And that allows him to get past a, a bridge or a Something that's like he a, goes underneath, like he something. can see the
2: code. He goes underneath the. He drives yeah. backwards from the starting line. He simply goes the other direction, and as he goes the other direction, a ramp drops, and he goes down below, and he does the yeah. race underneath everybody else. So he's protected from all of the obstacles they've been going through.
3: Right. um The second key, which is the jade key. Uh, can be found by asking for a dance with Kira in the Gold Room of the Shining's Overlook Hotel. The Jade Key opens a jade gate that then provides a clue for the third key. And they, they did a uh, little bit of the fun fact stuff I read. They really wanted to make sure they use the shining and make this a big part of the
2: movie. It was was that in the book? Very important. No, not at all. The shining and no. all that. I didn't think any of that was in the book. It just Why
0: did that why was that important to them? Does it did they say why? Uh,
3: I just remember reading that that was a trying to get all that correct and, and use can't remember if they went through a lot of rigmarole to get footage. Or if they tried to recreate some of it um, or something like that. But
1: what is it because the next year the Shining sequel was coming out, Dr. Sleep?
3: I mean, who knows? Huh. But I mean, I don't know. They
1: could have been connected.
3: So the Crystal Key is discovered in Anorak's castle on planet Doom. There's an Atari 2600 that must be used to beat the classic video game Adventure. Cars of all wins a not beating the game but by finding the very first video game Easter egg placed in the game by its designer
2: was. Do you remember his name? Mm-hmm. The, the designer's Warren, name, which was the Is first it Warren. It was the first Warwick? time they got any credit. He.
1: It was at the Easter egg. Well, it starts with a W. It's it Warren, Robin Warren Robinette.
0: Warren <laughs> Robinette. I knew it was a Warren. Oh, and he's alive. Um,
3: however, finding the video. Easter egg that had been Warren Robinette's name stuck in there is not the final challenge. Cars of all is then presented a contract by Anorak and must reject the offer as originally given in order to actually gain control of the Oasis. And let me just say, there's a ma- I don't know that they intended it this way, but there's a massive parallel there in my mind to Willy Wonka. To Charlie and the, mm-hmm. to Charlie, and, well, Charlie's oh, Chocolate sure. Factory, Willy Wonka mm-hmm. and the Chocolate Factory, where Charlie in the original movie says, Okay, you know, I, okay, we messed up. And then he walks back and gives him the candy and puts it down on his desk, which um, I was just as touched in this movie as well. In Ready Player One, I was almost as emotionally affected in book and movie, actually, in the way they ended it. But especially the movie How Halliday, you see him, he's so vulnerable. And Rylance, I mean, mm. he was great. He rocked this role. His he just has a great appearance of a, a humble, I mean, to me, he
0: is, he's
1: like a
3: nerdy adult.
0: Right.
1: I loved I thought- it.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I thought the whole plot of, like, oh, don't make the same mistake I did and sign away such and— It was so weird to me. I don't know. Oh, okay. I I, thought that plot point was weird. I see the book as canon, and so it just annoyed me because it just felt strange.
1: I thought that plot point was very strange, and I'm still trying to work it out in my head— what was wrong with, with signing a contract? Well, he and had. And then you're like, good og- job, you didn't sign a contract. He had had all But then sign he goes contract. and signs a nerd contract. <laughs> yeah.
0: It was basically, I, from the thing I read, it was like in the movie, they tried to put it in there to show that even if. IOI and Sorrento had been able to beat the final challenge, they still wouldn't have been able to get the Oasis because they would have signed the contract away or whatever. I don't know. I didn't totally get it. It fell flat for me, but... Josh is going to kill me if I spend a ton of time talking about each of these gates and stuff, uh, keys and gates. So I'm just going to run you through them real quick. Again, this is for those of you who have not read the book. If you're a nerd, you should read the book because there's a lot of fun nerdy things. So first of all, like we said, there's a key and a gate um, in each of the sections. So you've got essentially six things. And in several of these, you have to do multiple challenges in order to finish. So the copper gate was, uh the copper key rather, was located in a re- uh, recreation of the D&D module Tomb of Horrors, which is like one of the most famous, famous original D&D modules. So Parzival had to get through the entire module, which he was able to do because he had studied Halliday and Anorak and like all the things he loved for years. So he was able to literally go into his notes, into his, he called it like his braille diary, I think. Um, And he went in there and he had a layout of everything in Tomb of Horrors. So he was able to get through it without getting injured because he knew every little thing that was going to happen. Then he got to the end where there's a Demi-Lich called a sararak. Well, he wouldn't have been able to defeat a Sarorak if they just kind of combated because he was at such a low level. So then he has to beat him and joust the classic video game. And mm-hmm, he beats mm-hmm. him best two out of three, and it's this big deal. So then once he gets through that, he gets the Copper Key, and then he has to unlock the Copper Gate. So... The first challenge at the gate is completing the classic Dungeons of Daggerath video game. Then he gets into the first ever what's called Flick Sync, where uh, it was something that Halliday had actually developed but never released during his life, where you literally play a character in a movie and you have to like say their lines and you get points for the way that you enunciate and the way that you move around and all this stuff. So he has to play Matthew Broderick's Roderick's character from the movie War Games. The Jade Gate, which is the movie second if one. I've
2: never watched it.
0: I've actually never seen it. I thought about watching it after Me reading too. this again. Um, the jade gate has to be opened by the jade key. That key is found on the planet Froboz, which is based on the game Zork. And so you have to uh, collect various items from the game, sell something to a robot vendor. It's a Captain Crunch whistle, which there was like a Captain Crunch reference in. Oh yeah. All of these, by the way, are connected by like poems that Halliday like released as clues. The limericks. Basically. limericks. Then, after playing Zork, you have to play a perfect game of Black Dragon, which is a fictional text adventure game. I think Zork is also a text adventure game. So once they get that, you take the Jade key to the Jade gate, and that second gate is located inside a digital recreation of the Tyrell building from the Blade Runner film. The player inserts the key into a copy of the Void Comp machine, then has to play the game Black Tiger as the protagonist. Now, again... Uh Because he had learned and played and practiced all of these games, Wade was like prepared to do everything. Then the third section here, Crystal Gate, has to be opened by the Crystal Key. So once you clear the second gate, the player is given a red five pointed star, which is from the cover of the Rush, Rush's Variety concept album 2112. The player takes that and must find and locate a temple on the doomed planet Syrinx mentioned in the album, which there's a copy of in the Oasis. Then he has to play a specific riff on a hidden guitar there and then Mm -hmm. return the guitar to an altar, which forces the crystal key to appear and gives him the text clue for the third gate. That one was such an interesting thing to me because like, it was really cool because he'd done so much video game like lore and then all of a sudden it's like there's all this like musical lore as well which was pretty cool so then you take that crystal key and the third gate is located at castle anorak um it was not on the planet doom in the book and above mm-hmm. the lock where you insert the key there are three words faith hope charity so wade and his friends discover like figure it out Basically, that it references a Schoolhouse Rock song. Three is a magic mm. number, and so the Suxors, or which is the you know uh-huh. name for the Sixers that the Gunters like to use, they discover that there are three copies of the crystal key needed to open the gate. Basically, Paladay didn't want it to be something that you had to do alone. There's this like representativeness of him with Kira with Og, and they open that. Then the player has to beat uh, a score. On the pla- classic video game Tempest, they have to beat a score of seven two eight three two nine, which I think meant that they had to play a perfect or near perfect game or something like that. Then it opens a video sync challenge of Monty Python's The Holy Grail, another flick sync where they have to complete the movie as King Arthur, um, mm-hmm. played by Graham Chapman. Then the final challenge is having to play through an interactive simulation of Adventure by Atari, and just this is like one of the only things that they kept similar to the movie you win by losing in order to find the easter egg because you have to go into like a dark room and go around and you have to literally die in order to complete this challenge so these keys and gates obviously everything is completely different
1: the the thing about the easter egg in adventure in the book it's established in the beginning of the book this is where the term easter egg came from oh right and in the movie it's a twist when it happens at the end of the movie. Hey, audience, did you know that in real life, this is considered to be the first video game Easter egg? I
0: like the book reference, but I get why you would do that in the film.
1: I think it works in the book because it's it has been 10 hours, at least since you've heard that. You know? Sure.
2: All of those things, the the challenges and all of that, is a real nod to to all of the video games and... The, the movies from the 80s and things like that. And in the movie, they have to do away with a lot of that. Uh, because obviously, this much information that's in the book and how to play it, and it goes through you know the levels, they show that whoever wrote the book had a great knowledge of those kinds of things. And he was a, a gamer, the author was. So he knew all of those things personally.
0: Don't you think that you could have said, okay, how do we simplify, get a bunch of, the, get rid of a bunch of this stuff, right? You could have literally done, the copper key could have been discovering the D&D module and then beating a Sarah rack. You don't have to have a gate. Then when you get to the second one, you could have done something like that was you could have done the thing from the Rush album where they had to play a guitar riff or you could have them play a video game. So you can do like a DD and d module, then a video game. Then you could do a flick sync as the crystal key and pick one of the movies. And then you have to beat Adventure. Like you could have simplified it.
1: The movie is slash Gates, not really Gates. The movie is a lot more wide open than the mm-hmm. book book is 80s i am a huge nerd and mm, yeah. i grew up in the 80s 80s and the video movie games, says 80s movies yeah yeah i think that when the book was written in 2011 it wasn't as cool to be a nerd as it was in 2018 when the movie came out
0: yeah, yeah. and
1: i think lots of people liked nerdy things and warner brothers and steven spielberg wanted to use all of these nerdy things and not be restricted to the 80s. I, I have never mm-hmm. seen war games. That's not a super popular thing for people like me and Rebecca, you know, below the age of 40. But Dungeons & Dragons has had a huge re reemergence. And so I'm kind of surprised that Dungeons & Dragons didn't make a bigger appearance. But all that to say, the book is more complicated, which is how books are. So it is kind of... Better at suspension of disbelief that Halliday put all of these keys and gates in the way. Uh, The movie certainly simplified it for better or worse. And they also widened the 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 audience appeal precisely. And that is for better or worse.
0: 5th edition which is like i mean notably it is the crazy popular edition of Dungeons and Dragons that most people play now um that wasn't released until 2014 and it wasn't until after that and then stranger things becoming such an icon um mm-hmm. that like Dungeons and Dragons became more of a thing so that's probably why it was left out of the movie but i don't know
1: anyway stranger things was 2016
0: Well, if you guys don't have any other thoughts on, like, the gates and keys, let's just go through some of the other, like, more granular plot changes we noticed.
3: So, Wade reveals his name to Artemis in the distracted globe in the film, rather than his name being discovered through what happens while he's in school. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the book, you know, he goes through this thing with Sorrento, and they found out who he is, and they they have a, a, whatever they do, but again to remember related to what we talked about before they use this with he and artemis and he acts like a stupid kid boy oh here's my name i don't care i love you it doesn't matter that we're you know re- risking our lives right now because we shouldn't reveal who we are but i have to tell you my name's wade and i don't <laughs> care and my blood type's a+ plus, and i kind of got that was aggravating to me in the movie as well the way they I kind of like that he was just so
1: innocent in the movie but I think in the book he was just clearly so much more cynical uh one of the one of the changes
2: in the setting of the movie was a simplification from the book um everything takes place in Columbus Ohio instead of a you know different parts of mm-hmm. the country and all uh, where Wade lives in the stacks which I have to say is a terrible uh, way to live the in these campers and trailers and RVs that are stacked, literally stacked on top of each other. Um, But it was, I guess it was the movie's way of showing some of the things that Wade was talking about at the beginning of the book, Mm -hmm. the terrible situation that people had to live in and the terrible poverty and all of that.
3: Um, In the book, Wade and Artemis do not live near each other. In the movie, however, they put them living like in the same city, basically at two different sides of the city. Um, H was also in that city or in that, in that vicinity. Uh, the film does not discuss Shoto, Daito and H uh, get that they get together in real life. Um, the book has an extended scene about Og coming to them, pulling them all together, sending planes to get them. Yeah. Yeah bringing them back to his house, his home and all that at the end, which I thought was so cool Yeah, to bring him in there. And, and Simon Pegg again, just like Mark Rylance was a great holiday. Simon Pegg was a great aug and he just brings them there and, and gives them this outlet and they each have their own rooms and he fortifies their, their clothing and their, their suits and stuff like that. But in all that, he never cheats. Like he doesn't yeah. give them any answers. He doesn't give them any more insight to the game or right. anything like that. And basically I basically just helps them so get so safe. Cool. Right. And then, you know, but then in the movie, and he just appears there at the end and you know.
2: I found it an interesting commentary on society in the movie that there's really no mention of school and things like that. Everybody's just in the Oasis. Every mm. moment they can get in the Oasis. So there's no school that, that happens there. None of those kinds of things. So it's it's almost like the movie is a commentary on the totality of how people have gotten involved in the Oasis.
0: I do agree that it is odd in the movie, that they, like, don't go to school. Nobody's in school. Everybody's just kind of an adult. Even kids are just adults. Like, that is a little strange
2: to me it is a little strange
0: in terms of what mom mentioned with like Og finding them and getting them to be safe part of the reason is because there's this there's a completely different subplot that they're following once they get there so in the film artemis is like in this place it's it kind of looks like she's just like in this group of people that are fighting ioi and she like lives in this commune kind of thing um And Mm -hmm. she gets uh, captured and she gets put into one of IOI's indenturement contracts or indenturement. I don't know if they, I think they call it, oh no, they call it a loyalty center in the film. In the movie, they Mm -hmm. are in indenturement centers or something like that. And they're under indenturement contracts. Anyway,
1: It's a huge part of the book. it's so
0: different because Wade is the one in the book that ends up at one of those facilities. So They don't have to break Artemis out. They don't have the whole thing where they, like, trick Sorrento. But also, Wade, like, breaks in after, like, cutting his friends off for, like, months, not talking to any of them, getting all this stuff— breaks into IOI so that he can get evidence of all the stuff that IOI did, which eventually is why Sorrento was like, you know, convicted of murder and, and all of that stuff. But the reason in the book that Aug has to like rescue them is because Wade escapes from the indenturement center after, you know, working his plan. And then they're being, they're all being like chased and followed by IOI. Whereas in the movie, It's like they're all being chased and followed, but it was more because of um, them breaking um, Artemis out and tricking, Mm -hmm. you know, tricking Sorrento and stuff like that.
2: Well, I'm going to bounce a little bit here, but in the book, Aug is an integral part, as you guys were talking about, and all of that Mm -hmm. plot. Mm -hmm. Um, That's completely different in the film uh, in the film, you see him in the end, and other than that, you've only seen him in snippets when he's yeah. interacting with how And like in and, clips and of
0: television stuff.
2: Right, and he reveals in the movie that he was the curator the whole time, but um, in the movie, Wade gains the extra life quarter from the curator, and so this is a whole new plot line. Um, He, he bets the curator that, you know, Kira was only mentioned once in the journal's Uh, And the curator says, no, that's not possible. And he says, I'll bet it. And he gets the quarter because it's true. Uh, But Bookweight has to play a perfect game of Pac-Man on an arcade that he finds in some strange out-of-the-way place. On the planet arcade. Quarter. Yeah. Yeah. It's much, much
1: stranger. So, Rebecca, how do you feel about the curator not knowing that Kira was only mentioned once in the Halliday journals in the movie? Well,
0: that's stupid. Like, first of all, it just seems like an excuse (laughs) for Og to cheat and give him an extra life because he liked Wade, because Wade was constantly there talking to the curator, watching scenes from Halliday's life. There are no Halliday journals in the book, and I like that. I think the holiday journals thing was like too much of like, here's all of the answers to every little thing that you need to know. All you have to do is be able to slightly read what they say.
1: Can't you go to holidays home? In the book, yeah, you like 256 can, copies of it. Yeah, you can
0: go to like a recreation, a it with a bunch of recreations of where he grew up, but it's not the same in terms of like, you can't watch replays of things. It's all set on the exact same mm-hmm. day at the same time of day. There's like a calendar and everything. Like it's, you don't get um, all of these like replays of conversations and, and things like that. I thought it was weird because despite the fact that AI had already started to become something we were thinking about and, and knowing about a little bit, like there might be something there, obviously several years ago, but, um, there's no thought of like, Oh, this computer program would be able to search its own archives. Like of what's like, that's so Uh weird to me. And it seems like such a random thing that he would get the quarter for Like it just, it felt like such a weird like addition
1: well, it's not AI, it's Og. I mean, yeah. I think that there's something interesting there. It, it might be problematic, but I think there's something interesting there. The idea that Og is in Halliday archives all the time or something like that. And for one reason or another, he's never noticed that there's only ever one mention of Kira the Yeah, that's wild to me.
0: It made no sense. He was madly in love with her. He loved his wife until the day she died in a tragic car accident.
1: One of the biggest twists for me when I was reading the book, because I had already seen the movie. I'd seen the movie twice at this point. One of the biggest twists in the book was that Shoto died. Yeah. And he never dies in He's the He's murdered in the book.
2: The book is much darker than the movie.
1: Oh, yeah. That
0: it was Daito that died mom is right Daito is <laughs> murdered and Shoto's avatar dies during his fight with Sorrento oh.
1: as he's trying oh. to avenge his brother and that made me like Daito and Shoto a lot more as characters and so in the movie it's hey we have two brothers who are similar one of them's a little kid, and Wade is amazed, first of all, that a little kid can play video. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. better than adults, Wade. <laughs> so that was, that was kind of one of the dumber lines in the movie for me. But other than, other than that, it, they don't matter in the movie. They do not matter. So in the book, they're kind of secondary characters that are building up and up. And then Daito perishes and it, and it adds a whole new layer of stakes. That's adds a whole new layer to the evil depths that Sorrento and IOI will go to in order to get the egg. And I think Daito's death, being in the book, was was a, a very sad, but very effective moment. Whereas Daito and Shoto in the movie were, I don't want to say worthless, but completely redundant.
3: I want to briefly cover a few of the, the ratings and money facts about the movie. Uh, the book and the movie both received positive ratings. Fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, Flickster audience score, both those were up in the seventies. Their Goodreads ratings four point two three. Those, those were good, strong. I mean, they're solid numbers. Production cost hundred seventy five million. Total box office was five hundred eighty three million. So they made their production and more, and and it turned profit. I mean, that's great. I was
2: surprised by the fact that it made almost four times as much. Worldwide, as it did in the U.S., it was yeah. you know some of the movies a, that we've done amazing. are the opposite, you know. But this one yeah. was you know did much better worldwide.
0: Okay, sorry. Quick little trivia because I actually find this absolutely fascinating. If you had to guess, obviously it made more money worldwide than in U.S. and Canada. So we're not even say U.S. and Canada is not in this mix. What were the top four countries? Uh, in terms of gross for this movie, if you had to guess.
1: And Britain.
0: Okay. gotten China. Britain, Japan, China. Does anybody have a fourth guess?
1: I mean, I'd hate to go for just like the normal Germany or France.
0: Okay, so we've gotten all of them. The correct answer in order is China, then Japan, then France, then the United Kingdom. But China... Mm. Oh, so, the second one that's right after that, okay, is Japan. In Japan, this movie grossed $23.4 In China, it grossed $218 million. Mm-hmm. So, apparently, wow. its Chinese release was actually larger than the American-Canada release.
2: We've talked about a lot of changes from the book to the film, but it is always interesting to find out what the author of the book thought of the changes. Klein was very much in in line with the changes that were made, the main screenwriter, Zach Penn, frequently reached out to him to bounce ideas off of him and to get his approval. And so in mm-hmm. this case, the author of the book was very much in line with the changes that were made, even though they were pretty significant changes. That
0: significant were is a nice word for, the, for bad, I think. <laughs> yeah,
3: I do find that interesting, though, mm-hmm. because to have changed as much about this and to know that the author was okay that, that's pretty cool to me. I mean, there. Yeah. because we've both agreed, all of us have agreed that both book and movie, we found interesting. So I will give my final verdict for this thing. I've definitely enjoyed talking about this with you all and seeing how your thoughts went with mine or things we thought differently about or whatever. Um, I I'm going to say that I preferred the book in this case, even though... I did enjoy the movie. I thought the movie was entertaining. Unlike Rebecca, I liked the part at the end where they said, Doosies and Thursdays, the Oasis was off. You live in the real world. I-, I did enjoy that. I thought that was kind of a cool wrap to put on it and a cool idea. As a reminder that we can get lost in, in video games and we can lose identity and lose self. But I did uh, I do choose the the book in this case, I enjoyed it. I think at some point, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to read it again or listen to it again. And uh, it's, been, it's been fun doing this.
2: Okay, so uh, my verdict, um, I think the two things were very different. The, the book was good. And it was detailed. Um, I think, though, that I preferred the movie. Um, I liked the action movie. It didn't have nearly the depth or nearly the detail, but it also wasn't as dark. Uh, the book was dark. Uh, and in at times it got really, really dark. I loved the extra, all the extra 80s trivia and video game stuff, but I feel like some of the chapters seemed like, I just want to write a chapter to tell you about me playing a video game. Tell yeah. you every single detail about how I went through this old video game.
1: Um, yeah. So in this case, I would say I prefer the movie. I think that the movie was really great. I. Much preferred the intro of the movie to the intro of the book. The intro of the book was actually insufferable. <laughs> and the intro of the movie was actually maybe my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> the, the sudden world building that the movie set up. It was so enjoyable. It was so fun. It was so dystopian, but it was still fun. Thank now, it, it widening the audience of pop culture, the movie to have a wider audience, whereas the book just focused on 80s stuff. I think that the book is more concise with its themes. Mm -hmm. I think the book is a lot tighter about its its themes and its through lines. One thing I was flabbergasted by I was I was halfway through the book and I'm like, there's 20 things that they couldn't have fit in a movie. (laughs) Of course they had to completely change everything. There is so much that happens in this book I'm struggling to think Outside of Game of Thrones that is, I don't like a big Game of Thrones fan, the Game of Thrones books are as big as paperback books can yeah. be. You know, Out, accepting those, I struggle to think of a book, of a plot in a novel that has this much happen in it. There's so many things where characters go somewhere and have a whole adventure, and that's one or two right. chapters. And there's just 20 of those. There's 20 huge adventures. There's not enough time, there's not enough scenes in a movie to achieve all that. Even though the movie is more cynical about uh, certain things, I thought that the movie might have fumbled some of the end game. Daito and Shoto were irrelevant. Mm, yeah. The TJ Miller character, I Rock, was a little cringe. Oh, unnecessary. yeah. There were certain things that broke my suspension of disbelief that weren't it where the book did not often break my suspension of disbelief. I think I'm going to have to give it to the book. The book was better or, but it's not cut and dry. There were things I did not like about the book and there were things I really loved about the movie. Um, but the book was definitely, especially if you just skip the first, <laughs> <chapter>. <laughs> maybe first two chapters. Um, There's a lot of things in the book. that are really valuable.
0: I, Really did prefer the book in this case. I know I've been kind of poo-pooing on the movie quite a lot. I don't hate the movie. We bought it like as soon as it came out to get on Apple TV. So it wasn't like, oh, I hate this movie. I think I would have liked the movie as its as its own standalone. And I loved the book, but I, it was just hard to kind of stomach the changes that I felt were so... I don't know, not disingenuous, that's not the right word, but there were a lot of changes that I thought that feels unnecessary. Like I thought it would have been so much better to simplify down the tasks that they completed in the book and eliminate a lot of them, but like keep some of them. Like it felt weird to me that they changed the keys and gates because I think that it, I think it brought in the pop culture Part to the point where it didn't feel interesting. Like to me, it was interesting that Halliday was super into 80s culture. Mm -hmm. I didn't know a ton about it, but it's inspired me to want to watch war games and like go back and watch the original Blade Runner and and things like that. So I loved the book. I have read it a lot, like several times and I will read it again. I love the movie and I will watch it again. It's one of the things that I love to put on in the back working because I've seen it so many times. Um, And so I really, really enjoyed both. Definitely think the book was better. Yeah. Well, I believe that is it for us today. Uh, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please leave us a five star rating or review on your podcast app. It's a huge help to the podcast. If you'd like to communicate with us online, you can find us on most social media at Book Is Better Pod. If you want to send feedback, questions, or if you have ideas for something you'd like us to cover, email us at bookisbetterpod at gmail.com. Until next time. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I did have a little idea for our mini game today. I think I'm the only one that has done this of the four of us. I uh, read ready player Two, the sequel that uh, was released in 2020 20 or 21 um, to ready player one. And I wanted to give you a brief overview of the plot and find out what you think. So here's the plot of ready player two. They're all billionaires, obviously at the beginning, the high five, well four, cause one of them is dead. Um, and, Basically, Wade and Artemis spend like nine days together. It's the best time of his life. They're so in love. Then she goes on a trip and Wade discovers a technology hidden at the, uh, the what is it called? Ge- gregarious Games. He finds uh, a hidden technology at GSS that is... A neural connection thing that instead of you being in VR, it literally makes your brain experience things as if you're in real life. It it basically is like, it's not just immersive. It's like you are not aware of your physical body in the real world anymore. So Wade decides that without asking Artemis, who he knows will disagree with his decision because she wants to encourage people to get out of the Oasis and fix the real world because there's so many problems in the real world, he decides to release the technology to the public, which he then does. And now not only is everyone in VR all the time, their bodies are literally like unconscious and most people, like there are... Reports of people that are like murdered because they're, they wouldn't know what's happening because they can't any longer feel their physical body. So that's like the intro to the book. The plot line comes from the fact that there is another challenge from Halliday, which he apparently also designed when he was alive. And that challenge is to discover the seven shards of the sirens soul or something like that and it is based on Kira and you have to learn about Kira and her background and, and all of these things however in the book Anorak essentially uh becomes a sentient part of AI by accident so the second book is about AI like which I think is why the first book didn't have AI no. in it so Anorak had become a sentient AI then he decides that actually he deserves something. I don't know. He wants Kira. And there's basically this, they, the way that the like neural thing works is that it creates a full copy of your brain so that anyone can, if you if they had access to the files, could go back and experience any moment in your life as you experienced it, like from your own body, the way that you sweat and your heart raced and the way you felt. So Anorak also, during his life, I guess Halliday, not Anorak, during his life had gotten one of these from Kira by lying to her about like how he was trying to test something and he made a copy. And in the whole thing, he basically like, manipulates not manipulates he like blackmails the high four or five people to help him finish that particular contest or he basically threatens to kill everyone that's connected to these neural network things by like not letting them out because if you're connected to it for more than i think it's 12 hours you uh you can die or you can like lose your mind completely
1: i know right this is awful (laughs) creepy This is re- this is giving second Dune book. To
0: oh, major. I've never read the second Dune book, but we'll get there, I guess. Yeah. So Wade sucks, like, and he's still in love with Artemis, but she hates him, and she's like doing good things in the world. She refuses to use the neural hickey doodle, like whatever. And so the weird thing is, they resolve it's probably this- an
2: interface
0: by at the last second like Josiah you would hate this more than anything there is a random character and i have read this from people on lots of different political sides there is a random character who is transgender that they insert in just so that um Wade can say how he finds them attractive or something. And he like has a crush on her or I don't even know exactly how that, like they try to present that. That character is seen one time. They have one scene. She helps him like find something and she's really helpful and she's really poor. And so he connects with her because he used to be poor, whatever. And then this person is gone. The rest of the book, okay? Then at the end of the book, They are, he's fighting Anorak and he is about to die. Like he's going to lose his avatar. He's going to die because he's hooked up to that thing. And if you die in that, you die in real life, all that stuff out of nowhere with no lead up, that person that he had met one time shows up with the only weapon in the Oasis that can actually kill Anorak. It's literally like kryptonite and it's the only thing that can kill him. And this person just falls out of midair in front of Wade and hands it to him. I will wrap that up by saying it was interesting to hear it, like he does work in a lot of pop culture stuff as well. It's cool to get to know like the character he creates as Kira and they wrap it up with a Rebecca friendly bow. I mean the the story wraps up where Artemis and Wade get married have a baby, H gets married, uh, Shoto gets married, um, like, they all, like, find love and find fulfillment, they stop spending so much time in the Oasis, and then, it, I'm sorry, this is so ridiculous, do you remember in the first book where Wade talks about, if I won, I would build a spaceship and leave, you remember that? Anybody remember that?
1: Yeah. Okay, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They build
0: a spaceship, (laughs) And at the end of the book, he and H and Shoto oh. have been working on the spaceship the whole time. So instead of sending people on the spaceship, they create the duplicate copies for that neural thing and put those copies on the spaceship and they all travel out in their eternal bodies into space.
1: Hmm. So is so the, the copies copy. not their actual form? It wasn't. He, it was
0: just. Uh, Like just their brain stuff living in VR. There was no physical body left. No, but they made
2: copies. Mini game. What we think of that?
0: Yeah. What do you think of that?
2: (laughs) I'm glad I didn't read it.
1: Oh,
0: you know, it's late. That's good enough.